Hey, this is Daryl Strawberry, and you listen to the Daniel Baldwin Show. This is Anthony Munoz. Hi, this is Bruce Smith. Hi, this is Cornelius Ben. Jim Kelly, you're listening to Daniel Baldwin Show. Hi, it's Dean King. This is Chris Berman, a.k.a. The Swami. I am predicting that you are listening to the Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. A woman on the radio. Hey now. And welcome to the big show, where it's a sleepy Tuesday. It's a sleepy Tuesday. And uh, sitting to my right, Polly the Mole Sibelia. And to my left, K-Rock Josh. Thank you. Famous K-Rock Josh Morning Show fame. Thank you. Thank you. Really needs no introduction when none, I think about it. None whatsoever. Thank you. Uh, let me point out, if you are, are a little, uh, uh, it seems a little brighter in here, which we're not doing the Facebook Live today, is because um, award-winning documentarian, filmmaker, and actor, producer, director... Andy Bowles is in wow. studio, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. Uh, Andy, you want to sit in real quick? Want to sit on this in, mic? Man. So Andy and I um, have made multiple films, TV series together, uh, and Andy is here um, shooting a documentary that I have been uh, in production on for uh, a little over a month. Uh, Andy, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here and filming this for you. Uh, Daniel's documentary is such a heartfelt story. And it just, when he told me about it, I just said, you know, I have to be a part of this, Daniel. This is something that the story needs to be told. And it's going to, we're beginning today here. So uh, l- let me tell you really briefly about this movie that I'm shooting. Um, my brother Alec, his junior high school girlfriend, Barbara Jean Constantino and the famous Constantino family that lived in Massapequa, my hometown, um, Barbara Jean remained my friend for uh, oh, forever. Um, but I, you know, like you do out of high school, you lose touch with these people, uh, and I lost touch with Barbara Jean. And then the advent of Facebook and social media and stuff, you kind of reconnected with people, you know, as they got in groups of the class of '79 and this and that. And Barbara Jean um, popped up on my radar, and we had you know exchange niceties and so on and so forth. And she now lived in North Carolina. Well. My story and the documentation of my having to get sober and my problems with the law and drugs and alcohol were, are pretty famous and, and well behind me. But at the time, Barbara Jean, of course, like a lot of my friends, um, noticed that I was having, having trouble. And that's when I got sober, I became an advocate for sobriety, a crisis interventionist, and uh, someone that you could go to if you needed help with a family member or your own, your own drug or alcohol issue. Barbara Jean reached out to me because of her son, PJ. PJ was a heroin addict. He got in trouble in uh, Wilmington, North Carolina. Um, <clears throat> PJ was facing uh, prison time, and I got a hold of the judge and got a hold of the district attorney, and I said, listen, wouldn't we rather have this kid uh, become a productive member of society again by getting him some help? So we put him in a, in a program called TROSA, which was a two-year program, so he was facing a lot of time. And uh, he graduated from TROSA. He stayed sober the whole two years. They deferred all of his charges and everything in lieu of the fact that he would stay sober. Uh, but PJ refused to go for aftercare. He refused to continue his program by going to meetings, a 12-step meeting type stuff. And I warned him that if he didn't do this, there was a really good chance that his guard would slip and he would again end up in jail or, or using or both. Well, sure enough, short amount of time later, PJ gets in trouble. <clears throat> He's... Uh, He's used, and he tested positive while still on probation, and he's in jail again. So I now have to get a hold of the DA again, 
I have to get a hold of the judge. I have to promise that if I put him in another program, so I put him into a second one-year diversionary program, where halfway through that program, um, as part of the um, uh, um, activities that they have, they sold Christmas trees this place. So PJ decides a guy walks on the Christmas tree lot to buy a tree, and he whips out a joint and smokes a joint. And PJ thinks it's a good idea to smoke that with him six months sober, facing charges and going to prison for 10 years. Sure enough, that night when he kept back in, they tested him. He tested positive, and he's back in jail again. This time, I flew to Carolina and met with the judge and met with PJ and met with the DA, and, and I took him back to SOBA, um, S-O-B-A, SOBA, recovery center in Malibu where I got sober. I convinced the owner, Greg Hanley, that uh, PJ was a candidate to stay long-term. Um, and the night that we flew back, it was too late to actually check in. So I had PJ come to my house and we sat out on my patio on the water. And I asked him to write me the top 10 things that he always wanted to do, like a, like a bucket list, if you will. And I said, here's my promise. If you stay sober for two years, and there's anything on your list that matches my top 10, I will take you all expenses paid to go do that if you stay sober for two years. So um, sure enough, his number, I can't remember if it was his number two and my number three, but was to run with the bulls in Pamplano, Spain. And I said, done. You stay sober for two years at all expenses paid. I'm going to take you to run with the bulls. Well, PJ stayed sober for three and a half years. Um, he hooked up with some people when he got out of sober. Uh, and uh, they weren't good people uh, as far as um, conducive to staying sober. PJ relapsed the night that he relapsed. He OD'd, he shot too much heroin, and he died. Uh, my good friend's son. Um, so I started thinking about what I could have done and, 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 and what any of, if there was any ownership on my part in this, and, you know, did I not stay in touch? So, uh, right away I, I, I thought about could I have done more or so <clears throat> I decided that because I had promised him at two years that I'd run with the bulls that I would um, quit smoking, which I've done now for a month um, that I would get in really, really good shape. So I've got uh, one time Mr. America or, or actually multiple time Mr. America, Tom Terwilliger, former Mr. America, Tom Terwilliger to train me and put me on a uh, nutritional plan and a, uh, a workout plan. Um, and I am going to shoot interviews with his mom, his dad, uh, friends of his, members of my family, other people from Soba. Uh, and then also document myself and the changes in my body as I get ready. Because on July 8th, I fly to Barcelona. I then drive to Pamplano. Uh, and I'm going to document on film with Andy Bowles, um, my running with the Bulls, and I'm going to spew a handful of PJ's ashes while I run with the Bulls uh, in memory and in honor of PJ and in honor of keeping my promise to him that if he stayed sober for two years, which he did, that I would take him to run with the Bulls. So I'm going to take what I can of him, and I'm going to spew his ashes while I run with the Bulls on July 12th. And uh, I'm shooting a documentary about it. So, I think it's going to be a great story. I hope that like a lot of the other things that I do now, I'm speaking at Fulton High School in your town tomorrow night. Um, I hope if it reaches one person and helps inspire them to get sober, if it uh, 
if it reaches a lot. You know, Andy Stars in and how we met was on a film that I wrote and directed called The Wisdom to Know the Difference, and um, and that that movie is pretty much solely responsible for the opening of Soba, Texas, which has gotten hundreds and hundreds of young men and women sober now. Um, um, so, you know, there, there's, God never said to me, at least in, in what I understand of, of my savior, that he did not want us to be successful and happy as long as we're doing something positive, and we're giving something back or we're helping. And so I'm hoping that making this movie will help inspire somebody that's struggling and that needs to, needs to get sober or needs to stay sober. So, um, hopefully that's what happens. So, uh, here we go. So today we're shooting in studio. With the boys. Having experienced running with the bulls, I will tell you. <laughs> I, I ran in Mexicali, Mexico. I will tell you that you should not drink a lot of tequila prior to it. Is, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, don't trust people What's that to, mean? Help, to help you out while you're running with the bulls. Now, what do you mean by that? What? What do you mean by don't trust people? Like to not pick you up? They're not going to... Yeah, nobody nobody wants to see you succeed, in, well, at least where I was, in running with the bulls. Was well, that because you were uh, predominantly <laughs> among uh, among people that were uh, from a different country? Yeah, uh, where I where I did it was it was a kind of a low budget. We hate Whitey. Yeah, it was a, it was in it was right <laughs> between Tijuana and Mexicali where we did it, and they it was, they had a lot of fun of tripping and if you were trying to get out of the cage where because they put fences up along the sides of the street and the sidewalks were on the other side of the fence and if you tried to climb out they would punch your fingers with sticks to and, knock you yeah, down even, into the wow. even, even the cops were hitting your hands as you were trying to get out wow so just well, don't okay. if you if people want to see you get gored so here's <laughs> here's my here's my plan it makes for good film right. too so you have to you have to rent the balcony space in order to watch this. And they run every morning for like seven, eight, nine mornings, whatever it is. So so I looked up what's the most dangerous, worst part of this run, and it's called Dead Man's Curve. And so what happens is you're coming up in a straightaway, and it bends to the right, and then it bends back to the left. And the bulls run, and when they go to make the turn, they can't. They're going too fast. And they slam into the people and push them into the wall and crush them. And then when they crush them, they bend down with their horns to just gore them and kill them. So my plan is to be near the end of the straightaway, and then I want to I pick my apex like a race car. I want to shoot just for the corner and make that turn so I get out in front of them because they're going to slow down. You can't outrun a bull. Believe it or not, they run like 30, 35 miles an hour. So they're going to track you down. So I want to start where they're close, and then I want to – because there's one more promise I made, PJ. Um, and, and then I want to hit that corner and take off so I accelerate – Past them, and then they're going to track me down, and I got to get out of the way again. So I'm hoping not to get killed. I'm really am hoping that because the more I think about it, the more people I keep bringing it up, and then I watch videotape of it. There's people that get killed doing it. So I got to have my escape route set, um, and that's why I'm going to go early so I can map it all out. But the other thing, stupidly, that I promised him, I said, you know, are you going to wear? Because they wear these traditional whites. It is different stuff. You go. Is there anything you're going to do? What would you do if you're running with? It? And I went. Oh, for sure, I would I would Heisman pose him. Like Desmond Howard did when he scored the touchdown of Notre Dame, the punt return. He got in the end zone and he, mm-hmm. he gave the Heisman pose. Mm-hmm. I want to make that turn and look back the bull and do the Heisman pose. Only Americans will truly get it. 
And so PJ goes, I dare you. I, dare. I go, I'm going to do it. So now I got to run with my hand with his ashes in it, beat the bull around the corner, strike a Heisman on camera for bulls to be able to catch, mm-hmm. throw the ashes in the, at the bull, and then get the hell out of the way. That's my plan. It's been nice working with you, Bob. It's, <laughs> it's been nice. It's been a fun run. It's, you know what? That's, there's nothing fun about that <laughs> run unless it turns out the way I planned it. But, but I don't think in, in Pamplano, <laughs> I just pulled up the one that I was in, and it was sponsored by the same people that do the, the plump, plump, whatever the hell you call it. Pamplano? Yeah, one. I can't speak in, or Spanish. Uh, and, and it ended in 1991. That would be five years after I did it. And it was because too many drunk Americans were coming down, and uh, and one died of a heart attack while running with the bulls, which is kind of anticlimactic for running with the bulls. I haven't even bulls, thought. Of, but he I haven't even thought of that factor. The heart attack. I haven't even thought about that factor. You know, the great Jim Beheim had us. We were playing basketball at the uh, Carmelo Center, and he walked down. He looked at me, and he said, "You know." You better have insurance. And I thought he thought I was going to tear my knee up or do something else. I said, I have insurance. I'm in multiple unions acting and blah. And he goes, yeah, no, I'm talking about insurance. Like, we don't we don't have you covered if you drop dead. Of <laughs> I looked at him. I was like, wow, that bad. Mm-hmm. Huh? And, you know, it's funny because my wife's for her age for 52 is really, really good shape. So when she comes prancing out of the shower, I'm looking over like, whoa, like she's got the body of a 25 year old. And I get out of the shower and I've lost you know, almost 30 pounds mm-hmm. in the last two months in preparation for this. And I got 25 more to go. And so I've lost 29 pounds in 50-something days. Sure. So, and I look at myself now, I take my shirt off, and I go, that's better? I'm like, that's good? I look like a like a beached whale still. Mm-hmm. So I can't even imagine what it was like. And then I, and I started thinking about how often she turned the lights out in the bedroom before <laughs> we do it. And I, and, and I think I know why. I think I know why she was turning the lights down. I do have good news, if this is good news. Tell Since me. 1910, only 15 people have died. Those are pretty good odds. That's one every 10 years. It's, you're good. You're good. Of everybody well, who's there. every eight years. Of everyone who's there, only if only 15 people, I thought the number would be like 15 a year die. No, is 15. that directly from the bulls? Or is that? To them, died due to them being gored, yeah. yeah. Well, well, so, so here's so the thing. You could drop out of a heart attack. Here's the thing. When you did it, Pauly, did you... So the bulls at some point kind of passed the people. Did you touch the bull or because I wanted to like touch the? No, I was sixteen, and the fact that my mother let me go do this at sixteen. She was hoping you were dead. Yeah, I know. She's hoping. I, you died. Well, I was an oh, accident. One mouth to feed. I was an accident. Yeah, so all she the kids was probably were trying to. I was ruining her retirement. <laughs> but, but, okay, but but when you watch the videos, if you pull up, if you stream videos of this event, guys are going, you know, the, and their hand is out, and the bull starts to go eventually go faster than you, but you get out of the way of the bull and you can touch it. And buy, like, is that re- realistic or yes, are they just going to de- turn their head? And you could definitely jet? do it and you can hear You can hear and feel them coming. Oh, I like that. You, I like that. Yeah. If now you're, gotta, if you're mic'd, it's going to be awesome. Bulls, jump in. Bulls, jump in on the mic. So let me ask you this, Bulls. So I'm running, right? Yeah. We got to come up with the rig... Because I mean, we'll have something up shooting down as I as I make the turn. Hopefully, you'll be on the street somewhere where it's safe, watching me come <laughs> and then watching me go. But I gotta have something rigged up. Now I looked at GoPros and stuff, and they were like stick way. Isn't there something I can hold in my hand that shoots or? Yeah, I think the uh, the DJI uh, <coughs> Osmo. They have this little bitty 4K one, and uh, it has a little <coughs> monitor on it. And it's handheld and it's micro. 
and you could just – I think that's perfect for it. I'm but sticking that thing right up that bull's nose. I'm are you going to wear right red? In. No, here's what I got. So you're, you're going to love my Wimp. costume. Okay. You're going to love my costume. Eight. You are going <laughs> to love what I have, okay? So I'm going to pull it like, up. Like, look at how everybody's dressed in this thing. Yeah, they all do this. Well, some of them do Ooh. red. I'm going to do – He showed you. It's um, the afro. Shh. He remember. He's, he's, oh, he doesn't remember. He doesn't remember. Look at him. He obviously doesn't remember. He doesn't remember what I'm wearing. Three men were gored in uh, 2017. So they hit the deck. See how they're running right now? So we're watching video of it. They're running. The bulls are coming in hot. (laughs) So, yeah, you can kind of wimp your way around. I'm not doing that. I'm going right at him. I'm Heisman. I bet you more people. Oh, look at that guy. Oh, Oh, I'm sorry. I saw (laughs) that. Look, he turned around. Did somebody get gored? Yeah. Oh, man. I want to see it. This bull's standing around. He lost track of all his buddies. Oh, He's going in. Oh, look at this guy. Now he's dead. Did you see someone die? No, he didn't die. Look at this guy. Oh, Oh, he's going to go. That dude missed a horn. (laughs) That dude missed a horn by an Oh, we got guy. What a terrible idea. Yeah, dude, you're going to. I think you've got a better chance of falling and people stomping you into the ground. All right, so you know what I got? Mm. So I ordered these Nike gold shoes because I kept thinking about Michael Johnson when he showed up at the Olympics and he had those shiny gold track shoes. So I ordered these gold shoes, but they're like a muted gold. So I went down to uh, Walmart into the paint section. I got that super shiny gold metallic paint. I'm going to paint my shoes metallic gold. I'm going metallic gold. There's that. And then I got to show you, Paul. You're not going to wear the Chef Boyardee outfit with the red scarf? No, no. I'm going to wear like black Nike skin tight track, you know, like running, running, running pants. And then, wait do you see the shirt I got. The shirt I got is going to make you so proud. I regret I, turning that video on. Dude, don't do this. The, 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 <laughs> <laughs> That's a huge mistake. What are you saying? What are you saying? Yeah, yeah, you're going to get... No, 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 no. Don't put that out try, there. Don't put, don't try, put it. Try, so look at my purchases But you can't like, Don't eBay. put it out there. On you're eBay. running There's with the wild shoes. animals. There's the gold shoes. Here's the shirt. Ready? You're gonna, only you are going to appreciate the shirt. Do you think it. Steve Irwin didn't know there was a chance? Do you see who that, that, that is? <laughs> okay, look at this. It's all Colin Kaepernick with dollar signs. It's a whole shirt, a rugby shirt with number seven, Adidas, Colin Kaepernick shirt. Do you love it? Yes. Am I allowed to host your show the day after if things go horribly? <laughs> well, we got to have an in memoriam show. Yeah, of course we do. Why do you want... Why do you, you, don't, you don't... Listen, <laughs> listen. You obviously don't know me. Bowles knows me longer and better. Mm-hmm. Do you not know that I'm going to turn that corner, Heisman, run right by, shoot the bull, and the whole thing's going to be good? He survived worse. He's going to be fine. Kidding me? I I survived Charlie Sheen. Mm -hmm. I think think what we need is a Superman cape, you know? Flapping in the wind. I mean, bulls and capes, right? You need some sort of red. Yeah, red red cape. You don't like the Colin Kaepernick? No, but everybody wears red because it attracts the bulls. You want me to put a bullseye (laughs) in the back of it? Oh, that would be awesome. If I put a bullseye in the back of the shirt? Uh, I just... uh, Will the video? Will the movie continue? Uh, no, I've got lots of questions. Yeah, then we shoot if the funeral. If your body's if your body's up in the air, flipping around like a rag doll, Paul's is going to get it all. Well, the what? Well, we're going to have a camera up in the balcony. We're going to have a camera in the balcony. That he's going to have me. He'll have his own handheld. So, I'll be down there on the street in the safe can place. Can I narrate after? Yeah. If it, if that okay. happens, you know can what I'm going to do? Narrator? I'm going to. I'll go beyond that. I'll make sure that Robin or Faith both. Up in the balcony, have there, and, and and we'll uh we'll shoot a clip and we'll send a clip to them, an advance clip. Okay, yeah. We'll send you an advance clip for the show. In a sad turn, 
<laughs> I'm Sandu announce. Daniel Baldwin with Gord. All right, let's go to break. Joining his friend. <laughs> <laughs> What is wrong with you? It's so dark. <laughs> he is, he's the darkest, freakiest. Yeah, he's weird. It's so sad. Yeah. It's so sad. I promise you, I will triumphantly return to the States, having spewed my friend's ashes and keeping my word to him, because it was a promise. Bull. And you know what? I did not keep my promise to him, and I'm going to keep my promise to him. I'm going to go, listen, when I interview his mom, who loved him, I mean, she I talked to her on the phone. Him. In you the car. Talk, yeah. That's right. You talked to Barbara Jean. Yeah, so so uh, uh, the, 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 I'll, I'll go out on this note. This is the one dilemma for the movie. So when it happened, um, when, when I went to go pick PJ up and take him, his, his sister, Leanna, um, it was like one o'clock in the afternoon, and I said to Barbara Jean, I go, where's Leanna? And she oh, she's still sleeping. And I went, hmm. I kind of clocked it once, 26 years old, one o'clock in the afternoon. The next day... Leanna's, it's two o'clock in the afternoon, and Leanna's still sleeping. And I was watching her that night. So I knocked on her door, and I walked in, and I shut the door, I sat on the bed, and I went, what's going on? And she went, what do you mean? I go, listen, I'm an addict, and I know addict behavior. I said, you're not 17 years old where you need to sleep this late, or what are you doing? <sighs> I didn't want anyone to know. She's doing heroin. She's doing heroin, just like her brother. I took them two for one, both of them. And put them both in. She's still alive and she's sober. Um, but when PJ died, I said to her, um, the day he died, I said, well, why didn't you guys call me if you knew he was in trouble? I mean, why didn't you say, she goes, okay, then it was my fault. Fine. It was my fault. Then she got really upset with me thinking that I was blaming her for his death, which I wasn't. I just couldn't understand. If you're out there right now and you know someone who's suffering with addiction and it's like your brother and you don't want to tell your mom, you're not helping them. You're not helping them by holding this as a secret. It's very dangerous. People die from it every day. And if you really want to help them, then with love, introduce it to somebody that can step up and, and help this, this loved one of yours. Because keeping it as a secret is never a good idea. And so um, I don't even know if Leanna's going to be in the movie now because I think she hates me. But we'll be right back. Hold on. I want to tell me. The final narration will be if you get gored. Okay. Because it's a sports show. Okay, great. What will it be? Bulls won. Baldwin nothing. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Daniel Baldwin Show. We doing this? Yeah, baby. Oh, hang I, on. Oh. It's all right. We're in it. We're, who cares? I know. I we don't need the open. Job. We're really waiting are... for the intro. That's what I didn't say. Yes, all right. suck. I'm so excited. Thank you. It's time for... I need to be fired. I just can't hide it. I'm about to lose control, and I just can't... Um. So what? It's unlistenable radio. You understand me? Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey, now. We're back. Josh, Josh, what do you got? So What is brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus. Catch all the remaining madness on their big screen TVs. Madness. Delicious <laughs> food, family fun, atmosphere, and music on the weekends. Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus. Well, news is breaking as we've announced this this morning. Coach Babers will lead the Syracuse University men's football team to the Spring Football Saturday presented by AmeriQ Credit Union. 
We are taking over the out kind of the quad area between gates C and E. Yeah, this is going to be really cool. With the Q's fan zone, we'll have Q&A, autograph, pictures, family activities, cheerleading clinic, youth football clinic, autographs. Oh, and some people you may remember, Floyd Little, Larry Zonka, and two-time Super Bowl winning coach Tom Coughlin, all in attendance. Wow. It is free of charge, and that is happening Saturday. Is there one Saturday. more name on that list? Uh... I have Floyd Little, Tom Coughlin, and Larry Zonka. Right, well, there's, I'm privy. There's going to be a big. There's going to be. Well, you're going to break the no, story? No, I can't. You can't break no, it? No, if it's not if in it's the not press not, release, I'm not getting fired for that. <laughs> well, why do you tease like that? Then, no, it's good news. There'll be one, I think, one more coming. All right, so All right. let's think. If it's Syracuse those, football. And those guys have not been together. Jim Brown? Those, no. Those guys, you imagine Jim Brown? Those I didn't guys, even realize that they were on the field at the same time. Yeah, those guys haven't been together in decades. So it's well, going to be awesome. Larry Zonka's and we'll do a Q and A like we did at the Orange Out with the basketball players. It'll be, it'll be a lot of fun. I think he lives in like a. What's the date on this? It's the spring football game. It's the thirteenth, April thirteenth, Saturday, April 13th. Saturday, Saturday the thirteenth. You know what I might be willing to do April thirteenth? I'm trying to think how much time that gives me. It only gives me like two weeks, huh? You know what? This the date just made me re- think of a movie I used to love as a kid. Now I'm going to have to watch Friday it. the thirteenth. No, no, <laughs> mm-hmm. Saturday the fourteenth. They did a parody like movie of it called Saturday the Fourteenth, and I loved it. I'm thinking, so that's I two, loved hokey, th- scary movies. That's like, two weeks away, like Transylvania Six Five Thousand stuff like that. Yeah, I don't have another name, Polly. So okay. you might have a you might have a breaking information or not. Or, I don't know. Yeah, or I'm just stupid. Anyways, it's the reunion of those 1966 backfield legends with the spring football Saturday presented by AmeriQ. Plan on being there before the game. A whole day of activities. You can find the event on Facebook. I will share it to the ESPN page. Your mom's a backfield legend. <laughs> Sorry, that's Your mom's a backfield <laughs> legend. What is wrong? Where, where do you go? I Come just want to know where you beautiful. go. Beautiful. All right. So the twenty-sixth is today. So and it's the fourteenth. So one, 13th. two, three, four, five, and then thirteen. So eighteen days. I'm thinking I'm willing to do the forty-yard uh, challenge with you at that event. You. He that wasn't it, me. Right? That no, wasn't I, with me. It was a bet I had with you that I could run a sub five. Oh, nine oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That you said I could not run a sub five. Oh, I'll nine definitely watch that. If just I can't oh, wait. You're going to have a heart attack before the running of the bulls. What is wrong with you people? Because you're ninety. Yeah. Andy, you might want to be there to film this. Just letting you know. God, I know. You know what though? Call nine one one now. Bulls' wife. Faith is like this, you know, manager, these big guys on The Walking Dead and all these big clients she has. And and she's like this social media guru. So I said, I go, you know what? We got to bring Faith with us, too, so she can figure out how to send stuff out and do all the different stuff that she does. What's the name of her company? Uh, Fan PR. Fan PR is what he said. Fan PR. Yeah, they're good. They're good. I can't afford Faith. The NCAA says there is one perfect bracket still remaining right Whoa. now. No, there's not. There's person for that person picked every game through the first 48 games, beating the previous record of 39 games correct, and they are on track, even if they lose a couple of the next one, to have the biggest record of uh, of most correct games. The odds of this happening are one in 228. Two hundred eighty-one trillion. Is Buffett still got his million dollars yeah. or whatever the hell I think he, he does? And he does like a million dollars a year too if you get it perfect all the way through. So, 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 so I'd like to see this bracket. Yeah, to here see it is. It. Oh, great! Who do they have winning? They have. Uh, I can't see. It's too small. Hold on a second. I'll, I'll bring it up for you. Um, they have. 
Dun, 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 I, dun, dun, dun. I think Gonzaga winning. It's such a. It's Gonzaga a small. Gonzaga is going to win. That's amazing. It's small. They have <laughs> the great one is spoken. I don't know if you could see, but it's, it's really tiny. It's an Instagram post, but they put it up on Instagram. So. They have Gonzaga winning. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, Gonzaga. Yeah. They have Gonzaga. Okay, so let's see this. Duke, yeah. Gonzaga, so they have and the UVA team. beating Oregon. They have. Oh, they're going to lose on the Purdue, Tennessee. Purdue's going to beat Tennessee. But why they that's pick some of the other lose. games? That's they where picked. they're going to lose. But they, they got, picked all the up. They got every single UNC, one. UK beating for sure. UK, I think UNK. No, you know what? They they got losses. That's all right. That's all right. They're not going to do it. I uh. I got this year. I think has probably been one of the easier years to pick because of there's a lot of chalk, you know. It's, yeah. Yeah. So what's weird about this year, with the exception of Oregon, really, is that um, once you get down to the 16, they're almost all the favorite. Yeah. It's how they got there, but but there, there's not a lot. It's of, still impressive. He it's picked. A, it's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. No, he no, or she. No, it's gonna, gonna be. It's gonna be some dope like me who like picked on. Foods or something like let's, it's never going to be somebody knows what they're talking about. Let's check where uh, where our. Um, I think you're in the top five right now. Oh, I'm right in it here. At, uh, you know they kept me out last year and I came in second and I should have won. Uh, and so this year we can take a look at the pool standings. They found the guy who has the they last did? perfect bracket. Yeah, I only saw his username like something. What do you mean they found it? Oh, like they, f- they found him and interviewed him. Oh, oh really? really? Yeah. Who is he? He's a 40-year-old uh, neuropsychologist from Columbus, Ohio. Oh, wow. His name is Nigel. Daniel Baldwin currently in fifth place here in this standings. Well, that's because three people tied for first. Three, yeah. Stephanie is in fourth. Griffin, Lucarelli, and Carey are all tied for first. But the great thing about that is I'm the only one that has Gonzaga winning it. So He fills out four brackets each year. His name is Andy Katz? <laughs> <laughs> Greg Nigel's his name, actually. Greg Sorry. Nigel. I like that guy. Uh, well, according to Sport Track, Rob Gronkowski is ending his career with all of his NFL earnings, totaling $54 million. As you know, his advice has always been to never spend your NFL paycheck. He apparently hasn't. He is exiting with all $54 How million. How did he do that? I don't know. Oh, uh, he's living off endorsement money? Endorsement money, yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That's all he lived on. Like He didn't live an extravagant life. He didn't have like a huge house. Right, there's two things that come to mind. Uh, number one, he was in a playoff game on the road and someone robbed his house. How brilliant was that? <laughs> you know well, the guy's not really home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, um, number two, and remember, um, it's being speculated, I'm going to tell you for fact, if you don't think Rob Gronkowski is going to be wearing a New England Patriots uniform this season and playing for the Patriots, you're out of your friggin' mind. Wow. Of course he's going to play again. So what they're going to do with him is that he's banged up somewhat. He's getting tired nine seasons. But let him, they still retain the rights to him. Let Gronk have off the first eight games that don't matter. Even if they go four and four in the, in the AFC East, they're in the playoff run with Buffalo and the Jets and so on. And then they're going to make their run. They're going to bring Gronk back. They'll, they'll Slowly implement him into the lineup, and by week twelve, he's going to be playing full time, mm-hmm. and he's going to go to the mm-hmm. Super Bowl. That's what they're going to do with Gronkowski. I promise. What else you got? I would guarantee Gronkowski shows up at WrestleMania in two weeks too. By the way, because he's really toying with that WWE lifestyle. He really likes it. He, he is. And players like, are people are calling him out like WWE superstars and whatnot. And I think he digs it. And there's a lot of money for these one and done events. The only problem with it is that. He also wants to do the acting thing. And if you dilute yourself too much in that world, you're not going to be considered. He could easily be like an Arnold kind of mm-hmm, guy, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? 
give him don't give him too much dialogue. He's very famous already. Let him come in and he'll get work as an actor just on Gronk. Um but if he does the WWE thing and it becomes a bit of a joke, yeah. you know, amongst those people, he might hurt himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, there have been guys that have crossed over. Look at The Rock, and mm-hmm. the, you know, but but mm, I don't know. I, I I would stick with the acting thing. If I was speaking of retirement, Conor McGregor uh, allegedly retired from MMA last night in a tweet. He said. Hey guys, quick announcement. I've decided to retire from the sport formerly known as mixed martial art today. I wish all my old colleagues well going forward in competition. I now join my former partners on this venture already in retirement. Proper pina coladas on me, fellas. Good for him. Translation. The most powerful word that I've learned in the entertainment business, and perhaps in life, to say, is no. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So he went in and he asked for a piece of um, the mixed martial arts world. He wanted the UFC. He, he told want, Dana he, White he wanted to be he a wanted partner. wanted to be a partner in it, and they said no. So what did he say? Okay, I'm done. Because those guys make a lot of money off of him as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he can keep doing these boxing things. Or he said he retired from them. He didn't say he retired from fighting. No. So when he, his biggest payday ever is against a boxer in a boxing match. Mm-hmm. So don't think for a minute that he's not going to fight somebody else. or you know. And for that kind of money... Golden boy will come out of retirement. <laughs> you want to uh, guess what he's worth? I'd say a hundred million. McGregor? No, he's worth more than that. Ninety-nine mil. Wow. 99? That's what they can find. You know he's making his money on right now. Is he teamed up with a? It's called I think Proper Twelve Whiskey. He's got his own whiskey brand that's really firing, and he's making a ton of dough on that. Ton of dough. Okay, so so think about something, and, and, and I don't know what these guys' nut is, but the <clears throat> the safe interest without having to really risk your money. On a million dollars invested, and, and not high risk investments, but about six percent, you're going to get you know better than a bank. But there's safe ways to get about six percent, maybe a little more. Okay, so let's just call it six. That means he's getting sixty thousand dollars on every million, or six hundred thousand on every ten million. Do the math. So just on the ninety nine million being put away safely. Mm-hmm. And, and and not risking the investment, he's he's looking at you know fifty two million dollars in interest a year that he makes on that or no uh, five million two hundred thousand yeah, dollars five point two mil five point two mil a year. You can live off. Can can you not live pretty nice off of five point two <laughs> yeah. million and never have that? I but, can't. My but lifestyle. The, but the amazing, it, but, but the amazing thing is how many times I you live see off five thousand. <laughs> A year. Yes. But the amazing thing is how many guys you see, like the Tysons, excuse me, or or whomever, that made two hundred million and they're broke. And you think, what did you like what did you blow that dough on? What you know, that's a lot of Scotty my favorite story about and not that it's funny, but my favorite story about those guys doing things like that and blowing them. Scotty Pippen bought a plane that didn't work and had no idea how much it cost to own a plane. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. It costs like a million dollars to fuel yeah. it, to to store it. Every month he was throwing a million, insure it. He was throwing a million dollars at an airplane that didn't even fly. Right. You know. I uh, I went when I was in Oregon. I lived in Portland, uh, up in an area called Lake Oswego, and um and I was renting a, a really nice house. That's how I know Kevin Pritchard, who's now the GM of uh, um, the Indiana Pacers, but he was the GM of the Portland Trailblazers. And uh, Scotty Pippen's house, when he played for the Blazers, came up for sale. So, you know, and it was listed at like $5 million, and there's no way I was going to buy it. But I wanted to see it, you know. 
I got there. I mean, it was a palace. He had a full indoor basketball court. One of those sick, like you, you went into Equinox gyms, you know, <laughs> all the writing, like for 20 guys to go work out. It was amazing. And then, and then it went down to four and then it went down to three. You know, I mean, they just couldn't get rid of it because it was such a, it was like having an airplane. It was so gigantic to maintain the yard and all the stuff there. Had to be, you know, 20 grand a month to keep the house up for something. John Daly also blew all his money. I'm looking at the the biggest ones. Rodman went broke. Cheryl Swoops. OJ, well, we know why he's broke. Uh, Leon Spinks. Dorothy Hamill blew all her money. Dorothy Hamill blew all her money? LT. Wow. I don't know half these. Who was Lenny, the guy that Lenny you like Dykstra. talk about? The the guy who had the sneaker deal, but they like held it like Reebok. Oh, Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson. Yeah. Allen, they kind of knew. Like, Did right, Iverson blow all his money? Yeah, and Reebok kind of knew that was coming, so they held his contract. They put a clause in his contract where they're like, "We'll give you all of this money up front, but we're saving thirty million, and we're not giving it to you until your retirement age is sixty-five. Which so is he, the smartest thing ever. So they kept like $30 million set aside so he didn't blow all his money. But he's got to wait till he's 65 to get it? Yeah. it's He's got a retirement now, you know? Well, that's nice, though. But, I mean, if you're going to crack a lack it until you're 65 and not have any Well, dough. I think he's getting endorsements and stuff now. But it's like Warren Sapp blew all his money. Evander Holyfield. Holy cow. Evander Holyfield has like 17 kids. He was forced to sell his million-dollar mansion that was sold for seven point five. Million dollars because he owed taxes. Iowa, taxes. Yeah. yeah. And, and Warren Sapp blew all his money? Yep. Mark Brunell. What, what does it say about Sapp? You know, Sapp screwed us on the show. One of the most acclaimed out of Sapp blah, 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 earned $82 million to end, At the end of his career, he filed for Chapter 11. Wow. So he when I did the recordings at uh, Jim Kelly's thing, he came up to me and asked me, because he saw me recording other guys. He asked me to record something for like whatever show his podcast was. So I recorded. The next day I said, hey, Warren, will you do me a favor? Hi, it's Warren Sapp. And he goes, no, I can't do that. Warren Sapp. <laughs> I, said, I have Thanks. more money in my bank account right now than Warren Sapp did when he. Doesn't that feel good? When he retired. Doesn't that feel good? I yeah, was, it doesn't feel good because I, I feel bad for the guy. Like I'm worth more than Sinbad right now. It's pretty. <laughs> I was in a guy's car. Uh, I, I don't know if he wants his name mentioned, so I'll just say a very, very famous Hall of Fame mm-hmm. NFL quarterback. And uh, but I will say the name of the person. That, so it's me and these two quarterbacks, and we're picking up this third quarterback, and we're all going to this golf tournament in, in Dallas, Texas. And Randall Cunningham is the fourth guy we're going to pick up, right? Yeah. So I, I've never seen anything like this. So he gets in the car. He goes, hey, man, hey, can you stop at the bank? He goes, I got to go to the ATM. So he goes to the ATM. He runs out. And he's standing there. He does the thing. that I grab some cash. He gets in the car, and he takes the receipt, and he puts it down in the center console. So I'm behind Cunningham in, in the passenger side back seat, and I can see the receipt, and I just see this long-ass number on the bottom of it, and I went, what's his balance? His balance in his ATM card was eight hundred and something thousand dollars. He had just in a regular bank account. <laughs> he had taken like his check, his signing bonus or whatever when he went to the Cowboys and dumped like a million dollars in the bank, and and he left it all. And I thought, doesn't he have a business manager to tell him that you're only getting like one and a half percent interest in that account? Wow. Why would you? He had, he had a, I never saw that many numbers all the way across. Yeah, he had eight hundred grand available yeah. balance, 
822 It was like, I looked at it and I went, man, I want the passcode to that account. <laughs> All right, finally, real quick, uh, Syracuse Crunch will welcome Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Oh, my favorite as a kid. To drop the puck and have a meet and greet the night before our spring football game, Friday, April 12th, over can, at the bar. Can you give me a hookup? Can somebody at the Crunch help a brother out? Yeah, you want, you, you want to be on the Ricky ice? The, Where do you want to be? No, I want I want to meet Ricky the Dragon. Yes. I'll have you up him. in the. What, what date is it? It's the Friday night before. The, it's the Friday the twelfth. He was Friday my favorite as a kid. We have so many things. We should get a calendar in here and yeah. put something on. When's what, what, I, I? You have to remind me about the basketball thing. By the, the way, the eleventh. By the way, I remember now the nightmare of this. So he's got me going to play in this wheelchair basketball mm-hmm. thing against. Listen, I'm playing coaches, Citroen all other idiots like yeah. myself. You're playing these guys are the real deal. These basketball players that play in these high tech wheelchairs—they're really good athletes. And you know, forget about whether or not they're sitting or standing; they mm-hmm. can play. And so, I remember the last time I did this, and I realized why I've never done it again. They came out, and we scored like you know between all of us the 48 shots we took from from a wheelchair. We scored five baskets. These guys didn't miss. Yeah, they're I mean, gonna put hundred on you. Oh, they go. Oh, they're gonna kill they're gonna us. They're gonna put hundred on you. They're gonna kill. It is. It's gonna, gonna be wheelchair. On you. Yeah. There's gonna be some guy who's gonna put fifty on me. He's yeah. gonna light me up like yep. a Christmas tree. Yep. It's gonna oh, be violent. God. All right. God. Wildcat Sports Pub presents so what every single day. Catch all the madness on the big screen TVs. Delicious food. Music on the weekends. Family fun atmosphere. Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus. We'll be back. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey now, and welcome back. Are you going to do the cue music for, uh, are you just sounding No, that's later? next segment. Uh, I'm behind a segment. I'm behind a segment. Let's go into uh, a little listener email. Josh has never been around for listener email. This is- Josh, you're going to be highly entertained by listener email. So to- I go through the hundreds of emails and try to find stuff that's not so much sportsy stuff because we do a lot of sports and we're going to get into more sports in the second hour of the show. Um... But here, here's a good one that I picked out. Do you and Paulie really fight this much, or is it staged? <laughs> they really fight this much. We do. We fight that much. Do we fight, though? No. Uh, well, not not figuratively. Like, we're swinging at each other. No, Although, no, I've seen I like, you get argue, violent. Argue, argue, I've seen you throw seen, things down. Bro, you haven't seen the thunder. I haven't, you haven't bought the thunder yet? We've no. seen the thunder. Have I seen you the thunder? You haven't seen the thunder. Seen the thunder. When he storms out. That's the thunder. Yelling and yeah. You know, it's a quick burn. The show. It's a quick burn. Quit the show. Why do I do this stupid show? Amen. <laughs> I ask myself that every day. You do. It's it's definitely not staged. I've never staged anything with Polly. Uh, but uh, I, I, you know, I had to learn the hard way. The first week I was here, and I flipped out on Polly one day, yelling and screaming at him, swearing at him. And I walked in and did the show, and then I got out, and I got sent to the principal's office, Mr. Uh, Mr. Krebs, uh, the great Ed Levine. Yeah, you just can't. We we can fight. We just can't do it in front of people. Oh, well, you, you can't yell yeah. really loud, and you can't curse. because. And he brought up a good point. You know, Again, being really not knowing, having a regular gig on the radio before, Ed brought me in there, and he said, all those people in the sales department, they're selling your show. <laughs> he goes, so you might not want to make them afraid of you and not like you. because. And, I thought, and I'm Ooh. beloved. Ooh. I'm beloved in this building. And, but that was two years later, and they still haven't sold anything on the show. <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> Thank you. Try the veal. Okay, next email. Okay, next email. Uh, I watch your Facebook videos. Why don't you and Paulie do a TV series? I'm telling you, 
a lot of people are reaching out and asking when we're going to do the TV series. <sighs> do you see Andy Bowles make Andy hot? Uh, okay. How can you make someone so hot? Andy hotter? has just recently. <laughs> Andy Andy just recently shot, produced, wrote, directed the whole bit, his own TV show. At, that's now in high demand. People are bidding in a war trying to get a hold of the show right now. Uh, and Andy, uh, and, and the show is called? Damage Control. Damage Control, ladies and gentlemen, which I'm in. Thank you very much. Um, do you see what I'm talking about, about how this is free? Like, so this is already going on. Yeah. So if we captured this and then wrote some stuff around it, do you see a TV show? Yeah, absolutely. There you go. Yeah. There you go, Paulie. I'm going to make you a big star. nightmarish. The car rides are the whole show. <laughs> the car rides with this guy, when you try to make sense of here, here's a, here's a classic one that the audience has heard before, but it's worth repeating. So we're driving, and he goes, hey, I'm getting off in this exit. I'm going to the Burger King at blah, blah, And I went, all right, well, do you want to eat somewhere a little better than Burger King? I mean, it, it, it's, it's okay, but I would rather not be in a car nine hours and keep eating fast food. Yeah, no, this is the Burger King I go to every time. And I went, okay, well, that's that intrigues me more than anything else. Why do you go to the same Burger King? Is this Burger King better than the next nineteen Burger Kings in a row? Or do you know someone? No, I just go to this Burger King every time. Yeah. Now it's, it's an hour and a half into the trip. You step up. Kind of sounds like OCD. Yeah. you you tell the story. I don't go to just the Burger King. There sometimes I go to the Dunkin' Donuts. Sometimes I go to okay. the McDonald's. Well, this exit. But I yeah. go this to the exit. same exit because yeah. it's a good stretching point. It is. Yeah. It is. It's a great so but 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 Great Bend, but, Pennsylvania. But then so a nine a nine hour trip and I say for twenty more minutes we could stop and sit down in a like a restaurant, which there were plenty of on this and you go, No. No. You go to either Bojangles, yeah. what was the other place you want to go? Bojangles is good. Bojangles. Chick fil A. But it's all gotta be fast food. You gotta take it in the car and eat it while you go. You can't sit in the restaurant and eat it. You, you gotta, gotta go. You gotta go. You, it's better just to get to your location, and then so these are the types of things. As Daniel I'm scratching my head, anymore. going, but there's a really nice Chinese restaurant right there. We could. It, it's 15 more minutes. It doesn't. You know, when we sit and order good food, no, no, we're stopping at Great Bend. We're getting takeout, and we're getting on the road now. Damn right. And we, uh, you also like to open car doors while the car's going 75 miles an hour. He was bugging me about something, and so I. I, I can't remember why I initially opened the car door. Because my car door was a jar, like the, your door oh, yeah. is a jar. His door was a jar, and I said, "Open your door and close it." And he goes, "No, I'm on the highway." I went, "Just open it an inch and slam it," because it was going mm -hmm. and, was, and the light was on. And I go, and I open my door and I shut it. And he goes, "What are you doing?" And the air and it's. Swirled. I'm a little person. So, I can so, get sucked so, out. <laughs> so when I when I when I opened my door, it immediately pulled his door. But it clicked and it wasn't quite. Mm -hmm. And he goes, he's grabbing his door, going, "You're gonna suck me out while I'm driving." I'm like, you're not gonna get. What are you talking about? So I, op I kept opening the door and closing it while we're driving, and he was freaking out. <laughs> then I was hanging out of it. Get back in the car! Get back in the car! Did you finally open it? I pulled the wheels. We stopped. He had to stop oh, the car. Yeah, driving at 75 miles an hour on the highway, opening my door. What a stupid way to die! But I, but I, but I that proved, is a stupid obituary. But I proved to him six times by opening the door two inches yeah. and slamming. The one closed. time I do it, I roll down eighty, you know, ninety-five. <laughs> Listen, there is a god uh, if that happens. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you put that out there? Yeah, what? what do you mean? What do you mean? Why do you put that out there? What do you mean? 
It's very goring. <laughs> what else you got? You got any what else more you emails? Got? What else you got? I got another one. Oh, this is this one hurt me. Nice call on the UC Irvine, but otherwise you both don't know crap about sports. Oh, some wow. guy writes in. Wow. How do you He's say? talking about you two, Josh. And no, he was talking oh, about you and me. Oh, me. I, uh, I admittedly don't know Josh, crap about it. Josh already steps right up to the mic and says, yeah, I don't know anything don't about it. <laughs> nor do I watch it, nor do I care. No. Um, although they've officially announced now hmm. that in high schools they will compete on some of those video games that you're very good at. Thank you. So you're now an athlete. I think. Well, I've, I feel like one. I really you do. You do, don't you? Mm-hmm. Don't you? Mm-hmm. Glass of scotch mm-hmm. and you and your children just brain cells oh, frying. Loving it. Loving it. Can your kid beat you? We don't play the same game. My games are too violent for them. They're not allowed to play the games <laughs> I play. What nonviolent game are they playing? They play well. They play Fortnite, which you don't like. Which is so violent. But it's not as violent as what I'm playing, where I'm blasting people's heads off. What? Are you, with blood and guts everywhere. What are you playing? Red Dead Redemption Two. I'm a cowboy. Oh, Red I'm a cowboy, Dead yeah. Redemption 2. I ride a horse around. So it's Westworld. You just walk so, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a sawed-off shotgun. I'll just blast their brains out. What uh, what skills do you feel you're getting from playing this many uh, games? Hand-eye coordination. Oh, yeah. Like no I go other. fishing in that game a little bit, so I'm a good fisherman in the game. <laughs> now, does any of it transfer over into real life? No, look at me. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm overweight. I'm bald. I'm gross. Well, you know, when they came out with that Wii system, I actually I have to admit... I was in my friend's living room and I'd never seen it before. Mm-hmm. And he had the big giant TV and everything. And we played tennis. I was sweating my ass off. I mean, you really wind up and hit the thing up the line, and it picks up where you place the ball if you drop shot. And it was it was pretty cool actually. Yeah. I mean, I but I easily saw myself. I went, man, if I shot pool on this or played golf on this or whatever, I would be. So, I stopped. I never played there's it again. A big, the one time I played it. There's a big boxing world in the virtual reality right now. Bo- like boxing is big. Like they, what you're saying. How do they do that? Well, they have the mask and they have the two handheld things and they box and you can box people on the internet and you can, we can uh, fight. Go box some other dude? And you can have bar fights too. That's another game you can do. You can just go into bars and fight strangers. Wow. Have you it's seen a weird the- world, man. It's a weird world. Do they have pick up the chick in the bar and take her upstairs game yet? No, they're there to fight right now. Oh. <laughs> I want the prize after you beat the guy's ass in the bar to be, you well. get his girlfriend and you get to go up in the loft. Got that reality on. This is a family show. <laughs> so we're being accused of not knowing anything about sports. Do you have nothing to say? I mean, you have a seventeen-year career. I don't plus- care what dopes out there listen and think. <laughs> Why are you but offended by it? You can't. Is, you can't this, worry about what people think about. This you, is a radio right? show, so yeah, we talk about stuff. <laughs> I know, but like, I can't sit and sweat every. You know what people say to me on Twitter every day? Who cares? When I go you gotta through, let it roll off your back. When I go through the crazy. hundreds, when I go through the hundreds of emails that we mm-hmm. get, and I pick out choice ones hoping to entice a conversation or mm-hmm. some, you know, some emotion of some kind. I get, I don't care. I, no, I used to get mad about that stuff. Not anymore. What, what's that guy? Then doing? why do you get so mad at me when you think I'm I poking the bear? When I go. Commercial number two. I don't critique his job. Like, yeah, I don't care. All right. Like, imagine if you got to. Tweet All right, show's about, over. Go to break. Thank you. If you if you <laughs> imagine if you got to tweet about how everybody else did their jobs, like if you went the guy who, I tried. the guy who <clears throat> sold me my carpet was uh doesn't know anything about radio. You could come on here and say the sky is blue and look at a phone call. Yeah, I don't know, man. Tom from Cajun You're an idiot. You're an idiot. You don't know about skies. Listen, <laughs> Bowles sits across from me. Andy Bowles sitting across from me right now will testify to this because I know how hard he works at at the craft that we call acting. Um, You will never know what it's like 
every single day to come to work and have someone tell you whether you're good enough to even get the job. So as an actor, you have to you audition once, you put yourself on tape, then they call you in the room, then you get in the room, then you put your heart into it for a week, you get ready for that one, you do it again, and then you turn around and they go, we're calling you back, you're one of the finalists, you, you know, we really like you, we love your work, and you kill the audition, and they go, yeah, sorry, we moved with uh, Tito, he's, uh, he's Spanish, we're going Spanish with the look, and he's two years, five years younger than you, but you did great work, man, we're going to keep you in mind for stuff, and you walk out of there, and your heart's in your hand. You know, you're like, man, I, I really worked my ass off for this. Or then you're going to meet an agent and they go, ah, we really like to see a monologue. We'd like to see some of your work. We're like, you know, it, it's a never ending. And it doesn't matter how big you get because, yes, they offer me a lot more movies that, at this stage of my career than they offer Bowles. But he's where I was when I was his age. And, and now, now when it's the bigger ones, when they go, hey, Stallone's doing well, but he wants to talk with you on the phone and he might want you to put something on tape. And you do... Uh, you know, an amazing audition for Creed. Mm -hmm. And they're like, yeah, Daniel, I really like your work in the movie. I mean, you're good. But we're only playing, paying scale plus 10. You know, you're like, what? You're only paying $1,500 a week for a movie that's going to gross $100 million and he's going to get all the money with the producers. And I'm like, I'm not doing it for scale. Yeah, we're only playing scale plus 10. You know, so there's always something that comes up in it. But imagine every day you came into work, if Ed said to you, what are you going to do on the morning show? Give me a quick two-minute synopsis of that. Mm -hmm. I'd like to, you're fired, mm -hmm. or you're not. You're not going on today. Right. You're not working there. You're not getting paid. Right. Well, what are you working on with Seth? And, and yeah, no, we don't like that. You can go home now. You're not. You're not. You're not. Maybe come back tomorrow and tell me what you're going to do. That's what we do every day. That's what I've been doing for thirty years. Yeah. It's, well, it's hard. Yeah, I, I know, but I can't worry about what people think. Like everybody that does this, you don't have to. You still have a job. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, the, the viewers <laughs> don't get to tell you. You know what I'm saying? Like. Well, yes and no, because if you're if you're at a stage which I've been in my career before, but take it up even a higher level for Alec or somebody that's at that level, and they say, if you do two or three bombs in a row, you're not getting hired anymore. You better produce. What the people say and what they spend their money on does matter. Yeah, yes, that is important, but one guy tweeting at your brother that he sucks, or you or me, true, doesn't, true, true. doesn't you true, can't true. let that what, bother you. What you're missing is is that I'm 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 writing the show and trying to come up and, and elicit some type of reaction from you by saying that, in the, and I got nothing. But you know what? <laughs> but you got to realize, I've been doing this so long, people tell me I suck all the time. Like, I can't... I can't. It doesn't. Do you want to lay down? Because we can talk about it more. <laughs> it doesn't phase me. Seth, Brent, all of them. You know, Brent gets stick to Matt sports. says you suck more than anybody. Yes. Matt says you yes, suck. He said I work with him. Yeah, I know. I know. I, I just it doesn't bother me anymore. I suck apparently. So I don't think you suck. I, I don't. And so and so here's the see that's the dichotomy of he and I. There's the interesting thing, the driving force between uh, about why I think Bulls. There's a TV show in this because. He's been doing this a long time, and, and Paulie actually manages everything that goes on here. Josh has is an island. He has his own show. He's the number one show in, in morning radio here in the city and, and in central New York. And So he doesn't really have to get a lot of direction from you. Mm. Um, but he runs, Paulie runs a lot of the other stuff that goes on in here. And I had to fight to get him in this studio with me. I mean, because I think, I think if, if I'm correct, I'm guessing... But Ed was worried that because of all the other stuff you do, that this would take up too much of your time and he didn't want to give you to me. But I did. I said, no, you're missing it. He and I together are going to be very friction and a lot of stuff going on. And he's very opinionated. And he's very, it's Oscar and Felix. I'm big, Gregorius, 
you know, gregarious, outgoing, and you know, and he's he's the mole. He's Paulie the mole. He's a mole. He'll he'll he will screw you over <laughs> for for a dollar for a dollar. But I've said this all along. What I've learned, and now you know this, when we were on your set in Damage Control, everyone was like a family. You know, I mean, you're helping carry equipment. This is the weirdest business of all. It's like watching prisoners in jail eating their food with their arm around their plate. Everyone is so protective of their own thing. No one cares about each other. No one gives. I've said this before. If I died on my way home from work, all they do is push a button, put the levitar. Oh, on. I can't wait. No, see what I mean? <laughs> no, no, no one would say. No one would miss me. No one would say a word. And you know, and I don't know. Like on a, on a TV show, you have dinner with everybody, you have lunch with everybody, you do stuff. I know he lives in Fulton. That's about it. You know what I mean? That that that. that yeah, but nobody's what... been to my house. I keep it very separate. Yeah, nobody. Nobody's I, been to my. I house. don't know that. I don't know if the salespeople hang out, but no matter where I work, I yeah, wouldn't want to hang out with any. I think it's like the five year mark where, like, I, literally, this is how screwed up it is. I'll be sitting in Josh and Paulie's office, and Salzone or whoever else walks in. And they literally look at each other and go, you want to go to Fuego for a Mexican? And I go, yeah, we're going to go to Fuego for Mexican. And go, okay, let's go. And they walk out, leave me sitting there. Don't ever ask me if I want to go eat nothing. Because you have your meetings at noon. They walk out and don't, before I was going to this noon meeting, I've been here for two years oh, now. Right. They They don't even ask. They oh, don't we'll say anything. next time. Don't say he needs a ride yesterday to drop his car off. He comes in the studio in front of Robin and I and goes, Man, I can't stand this place. None of these guys, all the guys I asked for, I go, Rob and I will give you a ride. I'll drop you drop your car off. I'll bring you back. Yeah, yeah, no, not you. You're not going <laughs> <laughs> I look at my wife. I have a nice truck. You know. No, the underlings are supposed to cater to my needs, not yeah. Daniel Baldwin. <laughs> the minions. Did it surprise you so much when I got here that or, that I w- wasn't like, or, or or did you just think I was anyway, or that I was some kind for of- For what? what? It surprised me with Some what? kind of a-hole or- No, I mean, you- You've been more dedicated to this than I expected you to be, but you've proved that early on. But did you expect me, like, like what, like, think about what he just said. No. So if, let me ask you this. If Josh had offered to drive you to your car, would you have said yes? Yeah, because I've been friends with him for 10 years. So the well, two years we've known each other now. What's the difference? Two, well, he had, his, he had his wife with him who was visiting him from Florida. And like, do you know what we did? The time is, you know I wasn't going to ask him yesterday. So he's on a movie uh-huh. that I'm doing. Uh, another day I may have asked him. An- on another movie, I met Bowles. Ready, ready for this really quick? I'm going to tell this quick story and then we'll, and then, yeah. and then we'll go to we break. we got a break. Okay, but i got to tell you this quick story. So Bowles, I never met him before in my life, and we're on this uh, H, what was it called? Uh, HOA. HOA, Homeowners Association, where he's a maker of porn movies and I'm this uh, the loser guy. And, uh, great, so great character. His wife, now his wife, Faith Stanek, who I've never met before, but I know her through connections and Facebook and stuff here in upstate New York, my mother's breast cancer fund. And so she writes me, hey, I heard you were doing a movie down in Texas. Is there anything for me on it? And I went, and I've never met her before. And I went, you know what, Faith? I think there is a role they're looking for. You're the girlfriend of the guy who does these porn movies in the HOA. So so in his condo, he does Mm -hmm. these movies. He's a really sketchy guy. I go... They got this guy, this actor named Andy Bowles, and I really like this guy. He's he's not, according to your Facebook posts, the kind of guy that you normally date. She, you know, dated the, mm-hmm. you know, Guido, slick black sure, hair sure. with you know sharp clothes. Yeah. I go, he's a southern gentleman, Texan kind of guy. I go, but I don't know why I'm telling you this. I have the weirdest feeling the two of you are going to hit it off. So then I go to Bowles at work that day, 
because they're casting this role a little bit. Andy and I both work like a week before she starts, this character starts. I said, I got this friend. So I show him on Facebook. He goes, yeah, she's really cute. Oh, and I go, I got the weirdest feeling that the two of you are going to end up a couple. So they, of course, they stick him in some quality and they rent me this lake house. And I go, of course. I go, dude, of course they did. Nothing but the best for Baldwin. That's why I don't bother you with my Pontiac. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, but anyway, I wasn't talking to Paulie. So, um, so I said to Bowles, I go, bro, Bowles, I have a, a like a four bedroom house. Come stay. Why do you want to stay at the hotel? Move in my house. So I get Bowles to say okay to Faith, and I get the producers to say okay. So I have to pay for Faith to fly down because they don't have in the budget. They're going to hire somebody local. Mm-hmm. Two days later, two days, yeah, she moves into the lake house with Bowles. They're married now. Whoa. Well, we didn't get married in like two days. No, 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 yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no. yeah. Well, but in two days, you'd hit it off. Yeah, we, we hit it off. Yeah, yeah, he hit it yeah, off. Yeah, and I know. Hey, now. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. So, yeah. so, Bowles and I met on that movie, and we immediately, I just immediately, there's there's people that you're, um, not a physical thing, but you're attracted to who they are, um, and, and he's one of those people. You're one of those people to me. Look I, at my brother, Alec. My brother, Alec, has this weird affinity for Paulie. Mm-hmm. He calls up and FaceTimes me while he knows I'm on air, and he goes, is Mole there? Mm-hmm. Yes, from Paulie. I get it. Yeah. I totally He's get it. He's in high demand. You wow. just... you. I, would, I asked Josh yesterday to take me. You did, and he it, said no? Yeah. He said he had a meeting. I did. I did but if his, <laughs> wife, if his wife was with him... <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Tell the guy on your kids. On, no, wait a second. This is how bad this is. On your kids. Did you have a meeting? Was it at noon? Yes. Then yes, I had a meeting. Yes. On my kids, I did. I had what a meeting, meeting for, did you have at noon? We're doing a contest on Friday that I had to plan out with my boss at noon. I did have a meeting. So, so, so let me ask you this. Yeah. The noon meeting. Yeah. Did it go past four minutes? <laughs> it was a. It was flexible. It was a flexible. It's a flexible meeting. No, yeah. but if his wife was with him, I would not have asked. Him. And your <laughs> wife was. Like, I wasn't going to buy. His wife's gonna... lovely. I met his wife at the dog show. Yeah, thing. I know, but I would. <laughs> we went to that big. Do- <laughs> we went to that big no, dog yeah, event right. thing. No, the but that was a funny thing. Is, 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 is that a sport? <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, my dog show. So yeah, yeah. Dog no, no, it was like some big canine thing where they were adopting dogs or whatever. So I went there and I finally met his wife and five years later and his kids. No, it was just it wasn't that. I didn't want to put you out yesterday because your wife was here. Just step out of your comfort zone and ask Baldwin to go help you pick up. If his, if he, if he had not had Robin with him yesterday, I would have done it. Well, but you've had Robin with today. Him. Yeah, I don't need it. I don't oh, need it. But see, part of it was I'm terrified of your wife. Terrified of Robin because Robin keeps telling the same thing. Listen, she hates me. You can say whatever you want about me. Say it about Josh. Say it about my family. But don't talk badly about the show. It's bad practice. I know Stern for a fact. You were never allowed to say the show sucks. The show. Mm-hmm. Paulie regularly talks about how bad the show is. And blah blah. If anybody believes and so, me. And so, and so Robin, when Robin occasionally listens, she got and it's so funny. She's got like Polly Dar, you know. She's got radar for Polly. She gets it and she'll call me or she'll text me. Why does he say stuff like that about the show? She, so she's been on Polly's case. She's terrifying. She'll tell you you're going to die. She'll look at you and go, "Well, you're not healthy. Well, you're going to die." You're already we gone. do got to hit a break. We're, already we're way behind. Let's come back after this. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey now. So yesterday on the show, we. You, myself, and Atan were kind of taken aback by Mets ace Noah Syndergaard's comments about coming to Syracuse. 
I now would like to maybe be a little apologetic to him because I don't think what he said was a shot at Syracuse. I think it was more of a shot at management of the Mets for making them come to Syracuse two days before opening day. And when he said the amenities probably aren't good, I think he was talking about where they were going to be practicing because it wasn't up to Major League Baseball standings. Would you like to hear his comments? I would like to hear his But that was my interpretation now. I'm not buying it. You're getting out of here. You're going from... uh... Where are we going again? You're, going You're not Russia going. State. I'm not going. But you go we're going, going to Sarasota. And Syracuse. And then to Syracuse. And then on then, to No, we're not going to New York. You'd think we'd go to New York to get, like, as adults, our things, or our fares in order. Right. But no, we got to go to Syracuse first. You're a big fan of that school. <laughs> I don't know whose idea that was. <laughs> it's not a smart one. Right. Yeah, I think that's conducive for... Winning ball games really and getting ready for the season. That much travel. Um, I mean, I'm sure the amenities in Syracuse aren't the best for um, a major league baseball team to go out there and um, have one last workout for before the regular season starts. But see, I don't. You know, there when he said amenities, I think it's you know the practice facilities, and they're playing in a football stadium. <laughs> but the other guy made the comment, "Yeah, you're not a big fan of that city." So no, he said scheduling. I oh, had a big fan of that scheduling. Oh, I Those kind of decisions are above my pay grade. So. Do you think there's other guys that feel kind of the same way? Absolutely. Did you guys voice that at all? We tried, but it doesn't really do much. You been to Syracuse? Never been. You're looking forward to it? Not even the slightest bit. <laughs> Plus, you're getting a long bus ride. Can't forget that. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> See, he's just, it's just tongue-in-cheek. Like, yeah, I mean, listen, no one's losing any sleep over whether this guy wants to come to Syracuse or not. And I'm sure... Well, a lot of people in Syracuse are kind of a- angry that he was... I'd go to the game and boom now. I'd go to the practice facility and boom. I would. Oh, well. so that's the difference from... Rod Negum. Send that bitch home. <laughs> that's what I say. Like, so what if he doesn't like Syracuse? Listen, you yeah, know, it's it, interesting it, your perspective because people come up here... And uh, it is definitely, it, it has, you know, you're in the snow belt, so get ready for winter. But there's, there's good things that come from that. You know, Robin can't run very far in three feet of snow. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, I got her pinned down for four months in the house with the fire burning. And she's cold. I turned the heat down on purpose. She's getting real close. We're going to go to break? Yeah, we are. Want to go to break? Yeah. This uh, is the most behind we've ever been on this show we've got well, a lot of catching well, up let, let's let, let's come back after this this is the daniel baldwin show tell me about your childhood what's going on wow Wow, doing? big news. Yeah, we'll talk about it later. All right, I just went to the bathroom. I was going to tell you. Uh, hey, uh, <laughs> I didn't do the sounding off open because we're so far behind, but the Syracuse <clears throat> women had a tough loss last night ending their season in the NCAA tournament to South Dakota State. The Orange are down by 11. The clock will run out. South Dakota State, for the first time in school history, is on to the Sweet 16, and for the first time since 2006, the Orange have lost to a non-Power 5 team in the Carrier Dome. Our final score tonight, the Jackrabbits 75, 
The Orange, 64. Who smoked us? The Jackrabbits. The Jackrabbits of South Dakota State, which I, I looked up <clears throat> before the game started. These guys were on like a 19-game win streak yeah. or something, too. They were really good. Uh, but they were a six seed. Was because we were coming out of such a small division? Uh, Yeah. yeah. Uh, Syracuse to, a three. To whoop, whoop us at the Dome. That's just... Well, coach, uh, coach can't be happy. Wrestling that. last night. Uh, one of the managers of a wrestler in Boston made fun of Rob Gronkowski. See, Finn, you should have just quit while you were ahead. You really should have. Now you are going to be forced to leave the game as a beaten, broken, hot piece of garbage like Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And he said this in Boston? Yeah. Well, I love wrestling for that reason. They yeah, just they love care. to poke the bear. They do. They don't care. Uh, yesterday we did a golf story about a bobcat being on the field mm-hmm. or uh, on the course. Today a fish, a bird dropped a fish in a golf tournament yesterday. And the guy picked it up and saved it. Spray, isn't it? Oh, look at that. Get up. Get in the air, old boy. Remember the osprey who couldn't take off? Oh. <laughs> And what happens? Uh, Look at that. A fan comes out and grabs a fish. You throw in the water. Wow. How about that? <laughs> he started high-fiving people after he did it. He was running along the gallery high-fiving fans because he saved the fish. Something's fishy there. So if you're saving a fish, Let me tell you something. To be inside the roofs. So I, I have a house in British Columbia in a little town called Crescent Beach. And I had, there was probably, you know, 30 houses on this crescent beach shaped you know half moon and uh alec comes up to visit me and he's there the first night and the next morning really early morning i'm getting ready to walk out the back door with my coffee and he goes where are you going i said showtime he said what do you mean i said get your coffee i'll show you so imagine you're walking out the door you walk down the steps of the deck across probably maybe 30 yards of grass and then I open my gate and I walk out. It's a public beach. And as I walk another five or six steps, there's a berm that goes up, you know, like a, like five feet up. And you can put your back on it, look back at my house with your back to the water, where I have the largest maple tree on the entire beach. And I'm lying with my back to the thing. He goes, what are we doing? I said, just wait. So the sun is still down. I go, as soon as the sun comes up, the show starts. And he looks at him, looking up into the tree, and he's looking at me. He goes, I, I, don't, I said, just be quiet. So we're drinking our coffee, and we're looking. And sure enough, the sun peaks up, and it literally comes over the mountains, and you can see, pop, the light just starts. And we look up, and the second it comes up, every morning, without fail, there's the head of the male bald eagle, and he just pops his head up. And he starts, and, and they move their head like a, it goes back and forth. And he's looking a hundred and something yards out to where the ocean is. And he's looking, looking, looking. And sure enough, I go, and I said to my brother, I go, when he stops moving his head, game's on. So he's going back and forth, just watching. When they talk about eagle eye, he's looking out into the water for a fish from 100 yards away. And sure enough, his head stops. I go, here it comes. And he just falls out of the tree and spreads his, he doesn't pump at all because he's so high up. And he starts gliding towards the water. And like, like watching a National Geographic he throws his talons in that water and nails the salmon and then starts pumping in small circles trying to get out of the water. And he gets up 5 feet, 12 feet, and he goes in these 
big wide circles now are getting wider and wider. And the salmon is going, and it's a huge, it's the size of your arm. It's an ocean salmon. He saw him from all the way up in the tree, and then he goes up and drops him into the nest where the mother and the two babies are up there. And it's like watching corn and a cob go flying. They just start ripping the thing to shreds, eating the salmon and kicking the, the fins and stuff out and eating this, eating this. And he flies off and takes off, and then he comes back later on. And I would watch this every day. Isn't nature beautiful? Nature is an amazing thing. Amazing thing, Polly. Well, you speak of the beautiful nature. I speak of the stupidity of humans. <laughs> Angry from being booted out of the Brian Adams concert, <clears throat> a woman stabbed her her boyfriend in the face. So the boyfriend gets cuts like a knife, to, isn't that yeah, one right, of the songs? Yeah, <laughs> so, love cuts like a knife. So uh, this is cuts like a knife. Yeah, baby. Oh, oh, wait, we're talking. Please forgive me. <laughs> so, do you want to know what's really weird about this story? Please forgive me. I had no idea you were going to tell this this next segment, right? On that beach, Brian Adams lived on that beach <laughs> that I'm talking about. He lived in right down on that, by that beach. Yeah, it, him and Sarah McLaughlin too lived down there. He, uh, yeah, apparently the boyfriend was mad that somebody was taping his girlfriend with the phone. He kicks the phone out of the guy's hand. They get kicked out. Woman is mad that they both got kicked out of the Brian Adams. Stabs, she stabs him in the face. Him in the face. Wow. It it, <laughs> I don't even know I don't, where to go with that. <laughs> if, we, if you were to get kicked out of any concert, <laughs> what concert would force you to? No, I, I just, I've never, I, why yeah, would that's, you care? That's it, more it was of right a, at the end, so she must have, what, missed Summer of 69 and got mad? But that's like a, that's a more of a, you expect that in a, like a metal concert or something that's more violent music or, you know, was it Sympathy for the Devil? The more Stones like play? run from you and not and, uh, run to you. Where were they playing when they had the famous Hell's Angel killed the guy? It's a good do, thing do they, that? she didn't get stabbed straight in the heart. Do you remember the story I'm talking about? I think it was uh, Altamont. Was it Altamont? Yeah, it was Altamont. Yeah, it was Rolling Stones. Yeah, yeah. the Stones. Yeah. They were playing Sympathy for the Devil, and then one biker got killed another guy. As she stabbed him, she said, everything I do, I do for you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God. It happened uh, in the heat of the night. What did she stab him with? A dead? Yeah. A knife? She stabbed him with a knife. Well, stab right. someone in the face with <laughs> yeah, a knife. I mean, you're like, a boyfriend. You know, you're mad. and I, I remember at my, my grandmother's, this happened up here. At my mother's mother's funeral, I can't remember what I did, but I was like eight, and my cousin Maggie took her fork and stabbed me in the leg at the dinner table and went all the way down to the bottom of the, like into my leg, oh. stabbed me right in my thigh, my own cousin. Did they break up after she stabbed him? Uh, I don't, yeah. I don't know. No, I think he, I think he went and testified that it was his fault. It was fault. his fault. Yeah. Yeah, it so, was. You uh, you remember the pencils where you could take the lead out the bottom and stick it back in the top and push it? Yeah. yeah. Well, I saw a kid on my school bus who was making fun of another kid get stabbed in the leg with one of those. Kid just plunked him right in the leg with a pencil lead. What was the uh, Jeremy's spoken? What was the song? Yeah, he yeah. also Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam bit his teacher's <laughs> yeah. boob off and did something else. And so there's that, some violence out there. That's sounding off for the day. That's it. That's yeah. all over. Yeah, we gotta take another break. Wow, of course. we're ready. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. 
I don't think you should use the term sweet 16 action. That doesn't sound right. No, no, that's 20 years in prison. You've got to be what, careful of that. What do you got? you got to be careful of that. I got Pathfinder Bank, my friend, proudly serving Central New York. Did you know the Pathfinder Bank has 10 branch locations? I know that they're at 10 now because I take my dogs up to Clay uh, on Highway 31, and they've got a new location there right on Highway 31 in Clay. So I see that one. That would be very convenient for me. I may have to move my account to the Highway 31 location. Uh, <clears throat> Pathfinder Bank specializes in home loans and a wide range of terms and programs available, convenient and competitive business products, and local decisions with local decision-making and processing. Let me tell you why that's important, Paulie, and what that, what that means. You know, when you go to some of these bigger banks, which I have a couple accounts coming out here from L.A. with some of the big, you know, national chains, you got to get approved based on some type of equation. And there's some guy down in, you know, New York City that's going to look at this loan or look at this uh, this business situation. And they're going to have a say, and they know nothing about me. They know nothing about my potential. They don't know my family. At Pathfinder Bank, you go in. And they take some of those things into consideration. You work with a banker that knows you, knows your needs, knows your desires and wants, and they try to make that happen for you. And that's what I mean by local decision processes. Pathfinder Bank is a local community bank that you can trust. Member FDIC, equal housing lender, Pathfinder Bank. What else you got, Paulie? Nothing. We got like uh, two minutes here. So. All right. So in two minutes, I don't know that I'm going to do the whole story. Why don't we hit that tomorrow? We'll, We're going, but I'm going to tease front it. Sell it. Let me yes. tease it. Let me front sell it. Thank you, Polly. Uh, and I have a question for you. So you see Irvine coach who was in my quatrain, the biggest upset in the NCAA tournament this year. And yes, Polly and I both called it on the show before the game that Irvine would upset number four, a 13 seed upsetting number four, Kansas State, and the great one, Nostra Daniel, put that in the form of a quatrain, and you heard it live here on the show. Well, Russell Turner, the coach of UC Irvine, revealed that when they played Oregon, their star player whose last name is King, that the head coach of UC Irvine was calling him Queen and chastising him and picking on him. This has turned out to be a nightmare for UC Irvine and for this coach, who you know you think would be basking in his glory, winning a big game in the tournament, and uh, you know it's it may end up being his demise. But we're going to go into greater detail to talk about this situation tomorrow when we have more time. We have the great Andy Bowles saying goodbye. Andy, anything into the microphone, sir? Uh, it was a lovely time here on your show. Thank you for having me. And we're going to go out on the streets of Syracuse and shoot a little bit. Burdick Ford. It just came to me, those two words, Burdick Ford. They're out by me in Central Square. I'm, i got to make a deal with Burdick Ford. I Get make, out there, buy a new car. i gotta, I got to... Burdick Ford needs to make that deal with me so I can just keep saying Burdick Ford on my show. <laughs> they need to give me that truck for my personal use so I can keep... To, did I remind you about Burdick Ford? That reminds you about whoever's going to give me a new car. Speaking of which, this hour of the Daniel Baldwin Show is brought to you by Mattress Express, home of the number bed by Instant Comfort, and Burdick Ford. Correct. All right, we'll be back tomorrow. Another great show coming up. Maybe even an announcement of some big news for the Daniel Baldwin Show. Wow, is it coming up in the next segment? There is no segment. No, no, I mean the next show? The yeah, next show's yeah, good? I, I think oh, those guys are blow. Are you kidding me? 
They're not going to do it. Save it for tomorrow. We'll, yeah, we'll that's talk. what I'm saying. No, no, that's what I'm saying. In for, our the next, next, for the next, for next like episode it. of like this. It. We're going to get more details on a rumor that is circulating around the internet, and we're going to find out whether or not it's really true on the next Daniel Baldwin show.